0: Hello, and welcome to Close the Door and Come Here, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast with heavy leanings toward our two favorite characters, Jamie and Brienne. Hi, I am Chicky. I am at the Chikrin on Twitter. Um, And today we're going to be discussing um, Arya's third chapter from A Game of Thrones. Um, I'm joined by my panel of one today, (laughs) Lot. That's
1: all you need. That's all you need. (laughs) Hi, I'm Lot, Lady of Tarth, uh, hyphen posts on Tumblr. Uh, Also, you can find me on Twitter at the Lady of Tarth.
0: Great! I'm glad you remembered where you are today.
1: <laughs> I know I'm on point. Had to be, gotta actually sit up and pay attention for this one. <laughs> gotta, gotta show up.
0: I was just, I was just wondering, is this the first time we've ever done an episode with just two people? I feel like maybe it is.
1: Absolutely is. is. Yes.
0: <laughs> we had kind of a perfect storm, and we <laughs> we lost a couple of people at the last minute. So
1: it's funny because we were joking just you know before hitting the record button that, you know, if this had happened three, four years ago <laughs> we just would have been like nope yep, <laughs> we would have given up so now we're confident we'll see if that's merited by the end of this
0: now we're like whatever write <laughs> it out
1: uh so i
0: guess i'll just do the standard trigger rain trigger warning for rape i don't know why that would come up with this chapter yeah never god i know. hope it doesn't you just never know
1: <laughs>
0: this should be fun um okay so this chapter opens with Arya. um chasing cats because her her dancing master her sword master Pharrell has um assigned her to try to catch cats to to teach her i guess how to be nimble and, and nimble. you know quick and i don't know
1: it's I really <laughs> ill advised training like it's <laughs> so dangerous it does doesn't it especially I mean, in this like i know i say day and age but you know what i mean like given like where the society is in this world <laughs> if she got like, i mean <laughs>
0: cat scratched fever is a real thing uh-huh. i don't know he's just sending her out there to deal with it i guess um so she's she ends up chasing um well this cat is actually called Balerian, right the black cat that yeah. was renas targaryens yeah i don't think Arya finds that out in this chapter but um he he's the hardest cat for her to catch and i love the story that that gets worked in i think it was a guard who told her that that Balerion had once stolen a game bird out of, like, Tywin's hand at at a dinner table one time, which is great.
1: Yeah, I I made a note of that, too. Like, it's such a good story, like, just that King Robert had uh, Tywin over for supper, and, like, as they're eating their meal, this cat jumps out of nowhere and, like, rips the food right out of Tywin's hands.
0: I love that little... uh, Revenge for Reyna's Targaryen. That's, that's, uh, pretty good. I mean,
1: take it where you can get it. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like,
0: yeah. I don't know. This is, this is all the revenge the Targaryens get on.
1: Uh, revenge the, seems Tyler. like a really heavy word. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> so Arya finally does catch him, but when she, just as she catches him, um, she gets caught, um, Marcella and Tommen and, and their Septa, and I guess a guard, um, catch catch Arya it went right as she grabs um Balerion in an alley and it's funny because i don't it doesn't say which of them says it but one of the kids is like what's she doing to that cat and i was like it has to be tommen because right. of course he'd be worried about the cat
1: right yeah i mean he's been there I love the visuals of the scene, though, just like, because you have uh, Toman and Marcella coming in, and they're dressed, you know, in their finery, and he goes to some length in describing how beautiful Marcella looks in her blue dress. And then you have, like, Arya's description, and she's like, her hair is a mess, she's covered in cat scratches, <laughs> like, she's wearing rags. Yeah, and dirty. <laughs> yeah, dirty. <laughs> So we
0: get this moment where Arya realizes they don't recognize her and that she she's being perceived as a boy, which is obviously a setup for what is going to happen at the end of the book when she decides to kind of live her life as a boy in order to hide. Um,
1: and also how thought, people that know her don't don't even recognize her. Right. Like that's that's. the
0: thing. Yeah. Yeah. And George really gives it a moment of her her kind of um, shedding her own identity. And it it's, it, you know, clearly this is going to be a big <laughs> thing in her story going forward yeah. um, from this point onward. But it's kind of a cool, a cool moment. So Arya runs away from the Lannister guards that the Septa sends after her because, I don't know, they're like, what, what are you doing here? Who are you? And she, of course, doesn't tell them. So she runs away into the dungeons of the Red Keep and goes through this kind of Can weird, long Can I just say long-during. something,
1: though, for you go too yes. much quicker? Like, I, what I loved about this part is, um, like, Arya's main motivation for just, like, f- getting the fuck out of there is she wants to avoid having a conversation with her Septa and Sansa about the embarrassment of her being caught in this state. Like, I think we've all been there, like, at some point in our relationships where it's like, I will do anything to avoid this conversation. <laughs>
0: That's exactly it. She knows how much trouble she'll be in for letting, you know, Tom and Marcella see her in this state too, which is really She's
1: like, I can't handle Barya. this. I can't handle the lecture that it's gonna come. And <laughs> she just like bolts. <laughs> Avoid.
0: Just <laughs> head for the dungeons. It'll be easier.
1: <laughs> so
0: she kind of wanders through the dungeons of the Red Keep in these spaces that we will revisit from time to time throughout the series, and she goes into this room where Robert has sent all of the the dragon skulls that used to be in the throne room. Um, and it seems really eerie and creepy and, um, I don't know. She has this thing where it seems like they're alive. And I kind of remember Jamie saying something like that when he sees them later in feast, I don't.
1: It's like their spirit is still kind of in the bones somehow or I mean, it's the coolest fucking basement ever. That's for sure. <laughs> like, <laughs> well,
0: definitely the most like horror movie <laughs> basement. Well, I, sure. Cool
1: to me. but. <laughs>
0: So of course you love it, yeah. Um, so she runs away from the skull room and kind of stumbles upon who we we figure out later are, Varus and Illyrio Mopatis having kind of like this <laughs> exposition expositiony conversation that's really convenient for the reader to hear.
1: How nice of them! So really well, um, well thought out for them to do that for us. Yeah, it really is. It kind of
0: made me think about how it's funny how George, even within one book, does this twice with Bran overhearing a really juicy conversation with some juicy revelations between Cersei and Jamie, And then he kind of hits this again with Arya overhearing mm-hmm. this second really juicy conversation. Um,
1: just like, you know, just uh, fortunately having a Stark kid in the right place at the right moment or wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs>
0: Yeah, kind of both, really.
1: So they were talking about, like, in their scheming, that the idea was originally to have Marjorie introduced to Robert. Yeah?
0: Yeah, that was Renly's original scheme.
1: That's, like, crazy. I don't know how I've missed this all these years. <laughs> like, so they had a plan to get rid of Cersei then. Well, it's inferred.
0: And, like, who knows what that plan was? Because Renly certainly implies that he um, is not like, convinced that um, Cersei's kids are Jamie's. So I don't know what his reasoning was for, for getting rid of Cersei. I'm not really sure what his plan was. I, it might have been kind of a nebulous hope of just Robert setting her aside. I'm not really sure. I and mean, that, it's not a secret that Robert and Cersei can't stand each other.
1: Yeah, and that just seems, like, insane to even, like... Like, what did he think the repercussions? Did he think about the repercussions at all? Because you, you can't just take out Cersei. Like, there's <laughs> Tywin well, and the Lannisters are going to lose their minds. Like, I, it's mind boggling.
0: I tend to think this is one of those parts of the, you know, we keep running into this in this book where George has not fully formed all of his ideas At this point, I mean, even this whole conversation with Varys and and Illyrio there, there are kind of things implied here that George will like maybe minorly walk back. I guess you could say like at this point, it seems like Varys and Illyrio are plotting for Danny and or Viserys um, to, you know, to win the Iron Throne. Like like that's that's who they're backing when later on it'll be, you know. The fake Aegon that who we think is fake, that um hmm. Illyrio finds or fathers, or we're not really sure who he really is. But uh yeah, I, I don't I don't think I don't think George thought the Renly replacing Cersei with Marjorie through. If he did, it's never really stated yeah in a way that makes sense. I mean it's it's said that he was planning to do it. It's just, it, I don't know. I don't, I don't see how, I mean, how do you just, like you said, here, here you have Tywin Lannister who is without question, the most powerful man in the kingdom. And how do you think you can just I get away like his with his daughter? <laughs> yeah. I, you know, yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> we get this story. Dana- they know Daenerys is pregnant and they're, you know, they're worried about the fact that Ned is stumbling upon all of the shit that Jon Aaron stumbled on um about, you know, obviously the kids not being Roberts and they also know that, um, Catelyn has taken Tyrion. Um, and you know, Varys is going, I can't stop this war. That's going to happen. This is going to come to war. There's no, there's no way around it, you know? And it's, it's interesting because in the conversation, they even kind of imply that Varys had a hand in killing John Aaron, which I had kind of forgotten. I mean, how many people were trying to kill John Aaron at the same time, I guess (laughs) is the question. I mean, uh, because it's implied that Varys had a hand. We definitely know that that Liza and Littlefinger did something to him. We know that Pycelle probably did something to him. Were there like
1: four people tri- trying to kill him? Triple poisoned. like <laughs> Dude's number was up.
0: <laughs> he was never going to survive. No.
1: Um. Just like poor Ned. Oh, we'll get there. Anyway.
0: Wow. So anyway, <laughs> Arya hears this conversation and... Manages not to be detected, and then she gets away and um, goes and tries to tell her dad, who um, doesn't believe her. <laughs> I which mean, is...
1: it's frustrating to, like, read it, because, I mean, we know what all comes, and, like, she's definitely, you know, giving him major warnings that he should pay attention to. But, you know, she's a young child talking about monsters and wizards, and... <laughs> yeah yeah like kids just being a kid I don't have time for this right now yeah
0: well and do you get a feeling this is like a preview of of or like a a, an alternate universe of what would have happened if Bran had tried to tell people about Jamie and Cersei
1: Hmm. my mind did not go there but it is now
0: (laughs) I don't know I was like probably no one would have believed the poor kid anyway um anyway this this thing of where she, she basically lays it all out. And to me, I mean, like, she makes a pretty convincing case because she says things that it's like, you know, how would she have known some of these details, Ned? Why aren't you paying attention to this? But, of course, he doesn't. Um, and then Yorin um, comes and interrupts the conversation that Ned and Arya are having. And, um, of course, we know Yorin will be telling Ned um, that Catelyn has captured Tyrion uh, but I kind of like I love Yorin he's kind of a soft spot of mine and mm-hmm. um, I love how he comes in and he's like he tells Ned that he's ridden hard you know to get to him to tell him this news because of his loyalty to to Benjen Stark who's Ned's brother you know yeah. I thought it was kind of cool yeah
1: and it's a good moment too to have like just that exchange with Yorin and Arya which will set up things later so yeah,
0: yeah that done. too nicely done yeah. George. Yeah, and of course Arya's like, yeah, but how's Jon Snow? <laughs> He's my brother. Yeah. I love how she thinks for a minute, like, Jon would believe her if he was there. Yeah. So.
1: She's so sweet and, well, not sweet, but, like, cute and, like, earnest and just excited, you know, to have any kind of connection to somebody that's been with Jon recently. Like, it's just, yeah, poor yeah. girl, poor girl. I know. So
0: then the chapter ends with her asking um, one of Ned's guards if he'll protect him, and it's just oh God. Sometimes I wish I didn't know how this would all go. Mm, yeah,
1: yeah, I know. It's that's that's the kind of the bittersweet part of rereading these is it's kind of wonderful to revisit these characters at this state, um, and but then the inevitable, you know, is down the road, and yeah.
0: Yeah. But it is fun in this chapter, and I didn't mention it, but there was another incident of Arya going to the gates and not being recognized Mm -hmm. when she was actually trying to be recognized to get in and just, you know, the kind of playing with the ideas about identity and stuff. I mean, clearly...
1: (laughs) That was kind of amusing to read her, like, escaping the dungeons, like, pulling, like, an Andy Dufresne. She had to, like, crawl through a sewage tunnel. Yeah. (laughs) She was, like, just covered in sewage as she, like, like, you know, swims through the river. (laughs) It's like every mother's worst nightmare.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, I know. She would, like, need to be dipped in bleach at this point.
1: (laughs) And then there's a part where Ned kisses her on the forehead. I'm like, ew. (laughs) (laughs) Like, you love your kids, but... (laughs) Go wash the sewage off your face.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Did we have any mail for this chapter?
1: Uh, Yeah, we do. So, um, from the Reddit, um, we have Aruna. Uh, Let's see. I can't hear... Um sorry. I can't hear that. The Red Keep is full of cats, and not immediately think of Tommen. Do you think it's because of him? Oh, the king non-psychotic cat, uh, non-psychotic son likes cats. Let's bring one to court as an icebreaker, and suddenly the court is overruled by them. And speaking of Tommen, do you think Joffrey's treatment of cats affected their reaction with Arya? They seem meaner oh. than they usually are. Also, forever biting. Uh, f- also, forever. Bitter that the show changed Arya's oh bitter sorry bitter that the show changed Arya's catchphrases from for the not today line.
0: Oh uh, yeah. Oh, that's a really good thought about that. Might be why they were like, "What are you doing to the cat?" Because they've seen Joffrey's horrific treatment of cats. That actually makes sense. Yeah,
1: and all the cats are batshit shit because Joffrey's always after them.
0: Oh, <laughs> that might be
1: i don't know wild cat well yeah you know it might be actually because like wild cats tom
0: and and Marcella. god those poor kids
1: wild cats usually do act the way act that way because a human has done something to them to make them hate humans right
0: yeah yeah oh god the poor cats the poor kids fuck joffrey
1: Aruna um, continues with, what was Illyrio doing in Westeros? Did he travel for days, weeks, only to have a conversation with Varys? I mean, I know it's top secret, but they do have secrets and send letters to one another, right? And also, why do they want Daenerys to come to Westeros with the call if they support fake Aegon? What was their plan there?
0: Yeah, well, we kind of talked about that a little bit. But yeah, I this is, this is some of the stuff that if you look too closely, uh, you can on. kind of see some cracks um, in, in George's story structure at this point. I don't think he had resolved on a lot of things. I don't know. I, I know people, I've heard people say that there were theories that, that Aegon, you know, as in the actual Aegon Rhaegar's son was still alive, like even in clash. But I, I do not think George had decided that when he was writing a game of thrones. I don't, I don't think he, I don't think he had it in mind at this particular point. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure it's, it's, it definitely reads as though Varys and Illyrio are plotting on, you know, Danny or Viserys's behalf, or maybe even Danny's kid's behalf. Maybe their plan was to steal Danny's kid or not steal, but, you know, just kind of like get them and get him under their wing. I'm not really sure. Uh It doesn't make sense. And it also doesn't make sense why Illyrio would have to travel to King's Landing, which you'd think would be a dangerous thing for him to do. You'd think, if anything, they'd meet somewhere or that, you know, it would be Varys who would travel. I mean, it's a, it's a weird – the whole thing is weird.
1: <laughs> yeah, it does
0: not hold up to scrutiny. It really doesn't. And the fact that it's just there for the reader, you know, I, this is one of the reasons why when people are theorizing. um, Because somebody overhears something or somebody has a piece of information like, you know, Bran knows about Jamie and Cersei, but then it never really matters that he knows – and Arya hears this conversation, but I, I, unless something really surprising happens <laughs> later in the story it's it hasn't matter. been written yet, it's not going to matter. It's it's just there for exposition for the it's reader. For
1: our sake. Yeah. Totally. So uh, she continues. Also, Ned, if your daughter comes f- uh, freaking out because she's heard people talking about murdering you, you sit her down and ask for details. <laughs> She overheard enough that he could have confirmed it if it was a true plot and maybe helped him figure things out sooner. You know, the one part that she did leave out in her story with uh, Ned was uh, running into Marcella and Toman. Like, Yeah. That might cool. have, well, for obvious reasons, I don't know why she left it out. But, you know, if he could have confirmed that that part was true, then maybe he would have paid more attention to the rest. Well, if he'd just
0: been paying attention at all, she says some things that she wouldn't have any other way to know if he was really listening to her. But he's been I think she finds him reading that stupid genealogy book. Isn't that what she finds him yeah. doing? So he's like preoccupied, clearly. He's like poor, poor Ned. From he, home. It's gotta- <laughs> he is he is regularly warned. I mean, Littlefinger warns him not to trust him. <laughs> there are some kind of sledgehammery moments with Ned. I mean, you understand why he doesn't hear them. But at the same time.
1: Yeah, it gets it's, it gets hard to defend him to a point in years like I yeah know nothing. <laughs> okay, so finally, is it me or Sirio's training resemble the training of the House of Black and White a lot? Is it because they are both from Bravos, or is something more there? And I was re-listening to your old episodes yesterday, and one of the occasional gents said that you should never use fire to heal wounds. So I winced when Sirio burned Arya's. Is that the uh, he said he used some kind of like fire. To me, it's, I thought it sounded like a liquid, like you know.
0: Yeah. I I don't know what it was supposed to be. It sounded like <laughs> one of those joint healing things or something. Yeah. Um, it's
1: probably like some kind of liquor.
0: Yeah, I, there there are theories that that <laughs> you know the the Serio is Jock and Hagar theories that are out there that in fact. Cirio was a faceless man all along. That is a theory that exists, but I kind of tend to doubt it. I don't know that a faceless man could pretend to be a peerless swordman, swordsman like undetected. I guess I don't know. Hmm. I, I I don't know. That, that is a theory though.
1: Yeah. Until what point? Like I don't I don't know. Like why put him there yeah. if they were gonna put like a spy right? Within the Red Keep, you'd think it'd be in a position where he would be getting actual information, overhearing things. I don't know.
0: Yeah, no, uh, yeah. I don't. I don't know to what end. It's possible, I guess, but I don't know why.
1: <laughs> um. So just this is we've already kind of t- uh, talked about this a, a bit, but Wax Paper Door um, says not a question, but how deeply sad is it that the one-eared angry cat Arya is chasing is probably uranus's little pet? Yeah, it is super sad.
0: It is. Um, Good for that cat for surviving, though.
1: Yeah. It's got to be an old cat.
0: <laughs> yeah, probably, especially for a time without <laughs> veterinarians or right? anything. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the symbolism is really cool. And that story of stealing the bird from Tywin is Great. chef's kiss. I love it.
1: <laughs> aria three. Oh, sorry. Buck O'Hare says um, so. At this point, GRM has something in mind for Lyrian Varys, but what? Who the fuck knows?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, yeah. I, personally, I I view it as him not, not not at all thinking about doing the the fake Aegon story at this point. That's that's my take, and I'll stick to it.
1: Mm -hmm. um so let's see uh wiret asks um oh so this one is about the mother episodes neither you and i were on it so i think i know i i haven't completely finished i'm just halfway through it it was so good have you listened to any yeah Yeah, i need to finish it it's really good like if you guys haven't heard it yet you should like check that one out it's one of those wonderfully researched and like really critically thought about episodes <laughs> i'm so glad guile took on <laughs> i know
0: and and they had the perfect panel for it too it was it's was really good
1: yeah but i think i'm gonna hold on to those for them to you know delve into i don't i don't feel right answering these questions yeah let's
0: let them answer them yeah okay. for sure
1: um and i so that's oh yeah that's gonna bring us to the end for the aria
0: Okay, well, if you would like to send us questions or give us your questions, um, you can do so on the Jamie Brienne subreddit, which is reddit.com slash r slash Jamie Brienne, or you can email us at close the door. Wait, what is it close the door and at gmail.com? Yes. Yes. yes okay, that sounds about right. <laughs> or you can send us asks on our Tumblr and you can do these anonymously, which appeals, which is close the door and come here dot dot com. Um, and you can also tweet at us at, at door podcast, right? Yeah. Yeah. And we, we love the support of our patrons on Patreon. Um, we appreciate you guys. You help us with our hosting fees and keep us going. Um, and our account there, I think is, um, patreon.com slash close the door.
1: If that's, I'm remembering right. That's the only one that I have like not memorized. So like if you just <laughs> type, close the door and come here on Patreon. You'll find us.
0: Like, can you Google it?
1: <laughs> I mean, you have Google, right? <laughs> I need to hold your hand through this. Sorry, please, please support us. <laughs> we're not, not going to help you do it at all. <laughs>
0: okay. Um, all right. Well, great, great two-person episode. Lot high Ooh, five. It's a first. Right. <laughs> I'm closing the door. Get out.